Hey there, and welcome to Courageous Radiance Podcast. My name is Brittany Dixon, and I am so thankful that you are joining the podcast this week. This is going to be a, a little bit different. I think I've only done this several times in the two and a half years of this podcast. And I'm going to replay a prior podcast. And um, I, I'm in all of the emotions of it, honestly. <clears throat> Um, I lost a very, very close friend of mine um, uh, a, a week ago, and and, it, and it's not about me. I mean, I'm, I'm my, my heart is with her family, and honestly, I I have this mix of emotions because I'm also rejoicing because Catherine was a believer, and she had such a big impact in so many people's lives, and she was just a a, a great person, a great a great believer, a great disciple, a great wife. A great, great mother, and not that she did it all right. You know, I've had many discussions with Catherine, but um, that's really the fight of faith. If you from from cover to cover, from Old Testament to New Testament to current day, looking for that perfect believer, pointing our finger, correcting everybody else. Listen, it that person doesn't exist. Jesus is is the is that person, and and he is the hope and and who whom we anchor with. But I'm gonna replay a podcast with Catherine, Catherine Johnson. And y'all, she was in the middle towards the beginning quarter of her battle. It was a long journey for her. And y'all, she fought the good fight of faith. And I'm not just saying that in her cancer journey. I'm saying that in her life. She was just a very admirable person, a very loving person. And I'm going to replay this um, podcast prior. But before doing that, I wanted to read a couple places in First Peter 4. So First Peter 4, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same understanding, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin, in order to live the remaining time in the flesh no longer for human desires, but for God's will. That's First Peter 4, verses 1 and 2. This, this idea of arming yourself, that's an active, that's a present tense, it's not passive, it is arming yourself. You go out to a battlefield with your armor on, you go to a football, if you're on the football team, I would really hope you're not going out there without a helmet. And baseball, you know, I go to my nephew's baseball games and, you know, he's, and both of my nephews actually, they're baseball and they're putting their helmets on. Why? Because a ball can hit them. When we are our everyday, like why Why am I surprised that I'm at war? Why am I surprised that there's tension in my marriage and arguments and battles in my marriage? Why am I surprised that there's health disparities? Why am I surprised that I'm broken for the loss? Why am I surprised that I'm struggling with my teenager or there's issues with um, my special needs son or issues with my, my preteen who's coming into all of his emotions and managing all that? Why am I surprised that there's people who persecute me? Why, why and why? I'm sure you can fill in that blank for your own life. So I've set my own self up <laughs> for many things and that I am going through. So I totally own that. But then there is just this, this life that Jesus has already prepared us for, friends. John 16, 33. We find our peace because the Holy Spirit is indwelling in us for those who believe. And you have the seed, you have the, the nine fruits of the spirit. One of those is peace. 
And Jesus really gives you a good roadmap to how you cultivate that peace. And it's in him, not in us. And, and he, and he again, reminds us, this is me paraphrasing, but why we can have hope and why we can have peace and that the world is going to give us trouble. The days are going to give us trouble, but heaven is not. And that's the hope. But when I think of this verse, arm yourselves, that's a great reminder. Friend, are you arming yourself for the day? Are you arming yourself for all that you have ahead of you today, this next season, this next month? Arm yourself in this very next moment. Arm yourself. And then if you flip over to um, verse 12, this is still 1 Peter 4, verses 12 and 13. Dear friends, don't be surprised. There it is. So we started with, you know, arm yourself. Remember, you know, there's going to be suffering. And I didn't even talk on that. That This needs to be a whole other podcast. Um, Francis Chan talked a lot about this, and, and I never read it like this because, and this is going back to verse one, I'm sorry, but going back to verse one, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin. And he talked about, um, he talks a lot with like, um, drug addicts and um, people withdrawing from alcohol and trying to change their life and stuff. And I mean, those are like physical addictions and I'm in ICU. So I, I, I see the I see the effect of the hallucinations and them, you know, multiple restraints, sitter, climbing out of bed, pulling stuff, you know, I mean, I see the physical pieces of withdrawing from certain drugs and substances in your life, but there's also a withdrawal inwardly too for other things. So whether that's a porn addiction, that's a sex addiction, that's a gambling addiction, that's a shopping addiction, that's a pride addiction, that's a, you, you know, you rock my boat and I like how this makes me feel, right? Just all about me. I mean, there's so many things that are not just necessarily the tangible, you go to a casino, but there's so many things that it's easy to think, well, this is, Lord, please help this be easier. And, and I, I just... Biblically speaking, per this verse, that's not, I mean, not that we can't pray that, but it says here that those, those, because the one who suffers in the flesh is finished with sin. So essentially, you can't suffer without being done with the sin. <laughs> like, if you think about it, so like in this decision to stay in this difficult marriage, man, there's gonna be some suffering in there. To, to end this moment of deciding to draw this line in the sand from my family and to break generational ties, there's going to be some suffering. You know, some people who are going to ridicule you and not want to be friends with you. If you decide no more for smoking weed, there, your body's going to feel some effect. You're, you're going to have mental effects of suffering. But man, that's the end of that sin in your life. Um, but going back to verses 12 and 13, wasn't even supposed to be this long. Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fury ordeal comes among you to test you as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. I don't know. Um, you know, it's easy for me on this side, kind of like a Job to sit here and, and, and correct and, and, you know, give God advice um, and to say, well, I think God got it wrong on Catherine. I really do. But I mean, man, Isaiah 55, his ways are so much higher. I mean, I could sit here with all my list of 21 questions, exponential to the top power of three for God. And when I get in heaven, and I really wonder if it's going to matter 
because, you know, fast forwarding in Revelations, you know, this picture that, that John gets in the spirit of what heaven looks like, the glory of God, his throne, the beings who are worshiping, the 24 elders falling, you know, holy, holy. I'm like, man, I wonder where's their list of questions for God? So can I wrestle? Can I, can I ask God? Can I break down and all of that with God? hundred percent. But man, the trust of God, the trust that he knows what's best. So even though I don't understand, I don't agree. I don't like the loss of my friend and selfishly, I want to keep her here. Selfishly, I want her for her daughter. Selfishly, I want her for her husband. Selfishly, yes, I want her. But man, God's plan supersedes all of ours. And our plans are momentary and his is eternal. And and we get to share in the sufferings, the brokenness, the, the pain, the disappointment. If we're wondering, like I said, don't be surprised. Don't be, don't be caught off guard. A friend said it. I loved how she worded it. When things happen, it happened to Jesus. So I pray you are encouraged by my dear late friend, Katherine Johnson, in the podcast. Thanks so much for listening and joining. Y'all, you know, the first season of podcasts, I didn't have anybody on the podcast. And since then, I've, I've only had several people in which now I have Katherine Johnson, who is a very good friend of mine, who I love very dearly. She is also my life group leader. But y'all, we have been through some hurdles of trying to get this, of trying to get this recording. My goodness. So I was using Skype and then it was Zoom because, but I couldn't figure out how to record on Zoom and then the Zencaster. And listen, it's like all of the things. And I just want to say, Kat, I call her Kat, but her name's Catherine. I love you for <laughs> dealing with me and all of the hiccups and all of the mess with this podcast. Seriously, like it's crazy. It keeps us on our toes. It keeps us on our toes. <laughs> oh my goodness. So anyways, y'all. So I just want to welcome Kat to the podcast. Just um, first time Zencast interview first off. So thanks for just doing this new new thing with me. And then just welcome you to the podcast. Um, when you, when I'm, before you introduce yourself, can you not only introduce yourself, but you can you also just talk through why I like what the conversation was for when I prayerfully asked you to be on the podcast in regards to prayer? So just kind of your story, elevator story, but elevator light, you're going to like the hundredth floor, not just floor four. So like this long elevator story of what's going on in your sliver of the world. Yes. So Brittany, thank you so much for having me. I am honored that you even thought about me um, for your podcast. And I just thank you so much for the work that you're doing through this avenue. Um, You are such a blessing to so many people. So I do want to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess a little bit about me, Um, like Brittany said, I'm Katherine Johnson. Um, And well, one, when you were talking about, um, I guess, a little bit of how all this happened, when you texted me and was like, hey, I really want to interview you for the podcast, and I was reluctant to ask you. Um, 
So I told Brittany, I was like, this is actually an answered prayer, um, which is so fitting for the conversation that we're going to have today. Um, Just because, so I guess a little bit about what's going on with me. Um, I was recently diagnosed with breast cancer back um, in February. Um, And the interesting thing is, um, I guess a little bit of like how that came about. Um, I was always going every year to get um, mammograms. I started at the age of 31 just because of family history with breast cancer. Um, I've had an aunt that actually passed away from breast cancer about 10 years ago. Um, And then actually both of my grandmothers on both sides um, um, had breast cancer as well. So just because of family history is just something that I've always just wanted to try to stay on top of. So back in November, I went and had a mammogram and everything was completely fine. Um, They didn't find anything, you know, got the okay that, you know, everything's good. So I keep trucking along with life. And then literally um, two months, almost to the day that I got my mammogram, I ended up finding a lump while taking a shower. Um, So fast forward, um, you know, went to the doctor Um, had to get another diagnostic mammogram, biopsies, all the things. And um, come to find out, I ended up with, at the time, it was three tumors in my left breast. And then I had an abnormal lymph node underneath my arm. So I got the call on February 1st that it was was breast cancer. So um, I'm still in the middle of my journey. And I think that was a little bit of the, not really reluctance, but the hesitation that Brittany had in terms of like asking me to talk about my story, um, which I, and I told her, I was like, I do understand, like, you know, cause sometimes people say, well, I know you're probably tired of talking about it or things like that. But like I told Brittany, one of the, honestly, like I said, I think it was like the first or second prayer that my husband and I were having after my diagnosis was that we knew that whatever we're going through is not just for us. Um, So to allow God to use um, this trial that we're going through to expand his kingdom in whatever way. And we don't know what that was going to look like, but I told Brittany, by you asking me to do the podcast was an answer prayer in and of itself, because we literally said that prayer, like, allow this not to just stay confined to the four walls of our home. So anyway, so yeah, now we're here and talking about it. So I'm excited. And that just amazed me in of itself, the fact that you know, I can think of different seasons of my life and just trying to get through it was, was enough, let alone to talk about it, like you said, and, and just the, the rawness of it, you know, the, yeah. the all the fears and the emotions surrounding in it. So that in itself is one of the things I love um, about Catherine, y'all is just her um, buoyancy to, to, go through so much, um, not just this situation. She just always approaches it with just such um, a great attitude and just such a level of faith that inspires anybody. I mean, I just don't know uh, too many people, me being included, who would be praying for something is is big of what you're going through and then to be saying, but God use this. You know what I mean? Usually it's just heal me, make me better. And nothing wrong with those prayers, nothing wrong with that, that, that desire. But 
I just wonder how often somebody goes into the valley praying and asking that God uses that valley for somebody more than just themselves. So that in of itself is just a testament to your character, your love of people, and just the amazing person that that you are. So I I just love you. So y'all, this as we're talking about prayer, um I mean my goodness, just um what a prayer cavity, right? What a what a what a great um need for prayer. Um and not that God is just this celestial genie where it's just he's just waiting to just but there the the piece for me that I like to approach prayer is just to remember that um since my relationship with God was so weird at the beginning I don't know how yours was cat but I know for for me even when I um was early on to even where I feel like I was still a good enough believer I just felt like um really awkward with prayer really it's like I wanted to ask for things but I kind of didn't want to ask for things because I don't know. It's just kind of a weird relationship of like, how do I really ask things for God, but really um, trying to pretend that I'm okay if he doesn't give it to me, but I really am not okay. So just kind of that balance of what that looks like. And I remember one time somebody shared with me just to really approach it from a standpoint of God loves me and that God does care about the smallest things. He cares about my split ends of my hair to I have this diagnosis to I'm burying a loved one to I lost his job. We lost our home. I mean, he cares about it all. And that helped me over time, of course, Mm -hmm. to really see that I'm not just in a relationship with some faraway God who just sits on a throne somewhere and I'll get to see him one day, but that he actually does life with me. It's truly like this this idea of Psalm 23, that he literally is my shepherd, so I have no one. But then all the way down to he's in the valley with me, like he's hand in hand with me, not just kind of like, oh, you know, I hope it works out well for you. Good luck. But he's actually present. So then that actually helps posture my heart to pray in such a way that I feel like there's more power in it. And that's actually one of my questions is just for you in this season. And, and and this might be a spectrum, you know, this might be one day it looks like this, one week it looks like this, but just what, what does the power of prayer look like for you today? Awesome question. Um, and honestly, when I, when I think about the power of prayer, it's one of those things, I just think about being grounded, um, and I think a little bit of it is probably a little bit of my personality, um, mm-hmm. where I am a to-do list, checking off, always have to be in control of all the things. Um, and in this season, I will say, it kind of knocked me off my feet, right? I mean, I think it's it was one of those things that going into the year, never in a million years would have thought that this is what I was going to be faced with. But at the same time, it, and, and, and a lot of times you hear, sometimes people would say like, you know, sometimes God will put you in certain situations to make you lean closer into him. Right. And I think we, we all hear that. And though that is very true, that, 
God will put you in certain certain circumstances to where all you can do is lean lean on him. That power of prayer and in that leaning in to me is the prayer, right? It's one of those things that just keeps you grounded when everything around you is literally falling apart. It's kind Mm -hmm. of what it feels like, right? It's something that I no longer have control of, right? I mean, I I know I have control issues. I want, you know, (laughs) everything to kind of fit into these boxes oh so well. Um, And sometimes you're thrown into situations and life circumstances that allow you to say, guess what? This is something you have no control over. Like I cannot take the cancer out of my body. Um, But one thing that prayer does, it's, it's just the relationship with God that kind of like what you were saying, Britt, like even in those valleys, but it doesn't even always have to be a bad thing, right? A bad thing that we're going through. And that's the one thing that I have to sometimes check myself about, right? It's just, I can't only pray when things are going wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Because that prayer is my relationship with God. So like when things are awesome and I get a promotion at work or, you know, something else that's like super exciting happens, the same way I'm quick to pick up the phone to, you know, call my husband or call my friends or, you know, call my sisters and that I'm doing life with, I should also be calling on God on in those same circumstances as well as coming from a state of gratitude. Right. Um, but a lot of times I feel like prayer comes when things are going wrong. Um, And though I will say during this season, I'm probably praying way harder than I was before, but it's also when, when asking that question and when you were asking about like the power of prayer, it's one of those things that I even have to continuously check myself on where it's like, yes, in this Valley, I am praying for healing, but I should also be thanking him those days where I'm not experiencing side effects from chemo. Right. Those are wins. Those are huge. Um, So I say all that to say in terms of when it comes to just the power of prayer, it's one of those things is it's something that just keeps me grounded. But at the same time, it is just that direct relationship with God on a daily basis that always had that has to always happen um, in the good and in the bad. So and I mean, that's something that I'm kind of learning even going through this as well. That's good. That's good. You know, to that, I want to read First John chapter 5, verses 14 and 15. Um, it says, this is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. And that kind of to what you said, and then to lead into my last question, because, um, you know, I think that when I, when I would first read this, this scripture, I've, I've, you know, read it before, heard it before. I think sometimes prayer is kind of like what you alluded to. It could be abused even where it's like, God, you know, I'm just coming to you when, when I need something, I'm just coming to you when things are falling apart. Um, but then how do you balance it with the power that we do have? I mean, you're a mother, I'm a mother. And 
I just don't know if my kids asking for something, yeah, you know, I'm sure there's certainly bad parents out there, but we in our moral self, our limited self want the best for our children and mm-hmm. we'll stand in traffic for our children. And he's God who loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And I think in that terms that I can't even think on that scale of love. Like I think I love and I know God loves <laughs> beyond my love. So I have to believe the best that man, whatever I'm asking, whatever, that's where I think this scripture now stands out that I've become jaded because of the unanswered prayers or because of being an ICU nurse and seeing the unanswered prayers or walking along people's journey and the marriage doesn't come through or whatever happens that I guess just naturally I have built this wall, the self-protective wall that it's like, well, you know, it might not be what God is going to do. So why even bother praying? Why even bother asking? Why even bother believing? when he's not going to necessarily do it. But one of the pieces about prayer is faith. And we talked about it a couple of weeks ago in Hebrews eleven six that to even be able to approach God, you have to be able to believe. You have to believe. And as we talked about the that Daniel survived in the lion's den and that there really was a, a, a rainbow after God flooded the world with Noah for 40 days, you know? So like these child stories really did happen, that God really did create the world in six days and rested on the seventh. Like these things really did happen. These things are really Mm -hmm. real. So if I'm going to believe God, if I'm going to really believe that this Bible is real, that I have to believe all of it. So therefore I have to believe that in even this first John um, chapter five, that I can stand before God and I can stand believing that Catherine has healing on her journey. Um, That is my prayer. That's not what I'm going to back down from, Uh you know, but simultaneously also believe in God's will to be done. So in these life detours, which Catherine clearly has, as well as all of us have these life detours, um, the the last question, I guess, um, statement, whatever, is just... um, when God doesn't, or if God doesn't. So even if not in this situation, in other life circumstances that you've gone through, um, the piece that I think does get missed in prosperity gospel and watered down Christianity and progressive Christianity is that I think one of the, the contexts of this scripture, because context is everything, is believing for the healing, believing that there is a better, that there is hope, But ultimately, as a believer, our hope isn't here. So Mm -hmm. I think that has to be talked about because I think we just want the healing. We just want the fixed marriage. We just want the kids to come back and be better. You know, we just want the job. But ultimately, in the unanswered, does that mean that God was not God? So I don't know if that's more so a statement or really a question, but just what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. And the thing that keeps coming to mind when, when you were talking about that is that and to me, this is the way I process. I feel like every prayer is answered. The question is, is it going to be answered the way we want it? Because a lot mm-hmm. of times when we go to God and we're asking for fill in the blank, right? Whatever that thing is that you're asking for, 
if he doesn't show up exactly the way we want him to, doesn't necessarily mean he's not answering prayers, right? It just mm-hmm. may, the outcome may just be a little different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like what you're saying. So right now with me, of course, I am praying for complete healing, right? But I know I'm not at the end of my journey yet. And I don't know what the future holds in terms of what this diagnosis is, right? I can be, um, you know, go into remission and then it can return and, you know, reoccur later in life. Like there's so many different ways that this thing can go, right? Um, But ideally, I would love to be able to say, yes, I'm a 40-year breast cancer survivor, you know, had to go through it once and be done. But I don't know what the end of my story is going to be. And kind of what you were saying earlier in terms of just praying and asking God for a certain thing is okay. Like, it's okay for me to ask God for healing, but Mm -hmm. ultimately we want his will to be done. And like you said, I mean, I, I already know that my relationship with God doesn't necessarily stop in. It's like an end all be all here on earth either. Um, so just kind of making sure that you have your eyes fixated on eternity and what is eternity look like and making sure that that's kind of the focus, right. In terms of how we maneuver day to day. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it just kind of goes back to, Yes, I think prayer, like I said before, it keeps us grounded in terms of not spiraling (laughs) when life circumstances hit you. Um, But at the same time, that's you, you also need to have the other side of that faith of knowing that the answer might not necessarily come the way I want to. Right. Um, And are there days where I mean, for full transparency that going through a cancer diagnosis, I mean, immediately. Well, at least for me, I can't speak for everybody, but you think of like, oh, my gosh, is this a death sentence? Right. I mean, is this and I think, Britt, I think we've talked about this before, like, oh, my gosh, did I just spend the last Christmas with my kids? You just don't Mm -hmm. know. Right. And those are the type of thoughts and things that can come to mind. But of course, like I'm praying against those things. But who knows? None of us really know. None of us really know. But where I do know that where my hope and my faith is, is on eternity anyway. And that's the thing that's kind of helped me kind of get through and not necessarily allow these dark, dark thoughts to. I guess, consume me in a way that I forget to live life, right? And forget to, like, I can't just be bound to a bed and in a state of, you know, the things that that can come up with something as crazy as this, because I still have kids to live for, you know, like, I'm, I'm still thankful. So you have to come from a place of gratitude to say, you know what, but guess what, God did, God did give me another day. Mm. So what am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with that day? So anyway, I think I kind of went off on a little bit of a tangent there, but um, it's just, it's just so important that we realize that 
though we are faithful in prayers and wanting certain things to happen, there are certain things we absolutely cannot control. But what we must do is just always want God's will to be done. First and foremost, aside from what I want in my prayers, I want God's will to be done. Yeah. So that, that reminds me of First uh, Thessalonians 5, um, 16 through 18. I feel like I use this with the kids a lot just because of first world problem, complaining about this, complaining about that. But just, it, just I mean, but for me in the days that are bad days or just a constant mental reminder to rejoice always and it's mm-hmm. pray without ceasing and giving thanks in all circumstances, which, which is exactly what you said. And I just think we just don't stop praying, y'all. Just because right. God hasn't answered it, it doesn't mean it's a no. It doesn't mean it's like um, just he don't hear you. You know, that that's an, a very important mm-hmm. piece, just not closing ourselves, our hearts down to God. Um, but man, he's just, he's working on something bigger. And I know that Kat's life being spun in this in this way, her family is it's for for the life group who loves her, for her friends who love her, um, so many lives that she's touched. I know that this has impact us all. And I think that in so many ways, I know that I have grown through what you're going through. So I can't, so just even on a greater level for what you going through, because it's actually you going through it. Um, it has just showed the fragility of everything. And that was really my hope, honestly, Kat, was just because I could sit here and talk about, you know, God's going to do it and won't he do it and all these <laughs> things. And, you know, I'm believing for all of the time, girl, I've got to tell you, even Kayla pray, like Kayla prays for you. Layla prays for you. Um, you know, my mama girl, I know <laughs> hard thing about you just, so we, we are believing God for it. And I think the, the, the greatest comfort for me is just knowing that you do have just such a bigger eagle span view of what this is all for. And for that, I just I love you so much and um and I I really appreciate you being on this podcast I know whoever this helps y'all this I mean because we can talk about and this is what Catherine and I talked about we can always I can talk to somebody who you know is on the other side but it's different Mm -hmm. in the middle and that was my hope was that somebody can hear the joy cat who may be new to the faith or is super angry at God or whatever is going on in their life. I wanted them to hear that God's on the throne, whether they get what they want or not. Um, And I love you for, for joining. So I want to pray before we end and thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you. You were amazing. (laughs) I I said, I wasn't going to cry and you know, it's, it's, I just wiped a tear. So you're good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear God. Thank you so much, Jesus, for this time together, this fellowship time um, on the podcast today. God, thank you so much for Catherine. Thank you for her story, God, which is just going to cause so many ripples within the kingdom 
so many hearts that will be touched and made different from this conversation. God, for the woman who is wondering if you hear her, for the woman who is not sure that you love her, for the one who's in the middle and doesn't see the end, and God is feeling like, God, where are you? God, I just pray for her and that her faith not fail. And to know that just because the race is different or the the destination time frame is going to be shorter, God, but that the hope is in you, the hope is in eternity, and that there, that her impact still matters each and every day that you give us breath. Because with the reality is without a diagnosis of cancer, we all are hanging on your grace and your mercy for each and breath, each and every breath that we take. So God, I just pray for Catherine for a complete and awesome and amazing story and transformation on the other side of being cancer-free. God, we believe you for it. God, we know you're capable of doing it. God, I just pray that, God, this be, if this be in your will, that you um, open up these doors of freedom, of remission for her, God. And I pray, God, that this glory, that this um, story and testimony of a complete healing of breast cancer. God, I pray that as she mentioned, and not just be for the Johnson family and not just be for the, the life group, not for just her family and those who love her, God, but that this story ripples and it saves and it helps your glory to be bigger than all of us. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.